Hey, York Alliance. Welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Wednesday, October 11th. Hope you're doing well today as we journey together toward Jesus and uh, become seek to become more like him. Uh, that's a core part of what it means for us to follow Jesus, and we want to continue to step into that and uh, thankful for uh, you along with us as uh, part of this journey. Uh, before we dive into the podcast today, I want to let you know that we uh, have heard from our folks that are in... Um, the the Israel Palestine area and uh, some of the work that they're doing there and so we've heard uh, a little bit of feedback from them. Uh, let me just give you uh, a bit of a oh I gotta find it sorry uh, a bit of an update. Um, they've they have uh, encouraged us to continue to pray for them. They are safe and uh, they are uh, they're doing fine. But uh, they are encouraging us to continue to pray, uh, specifically that um, that that we would uh, cover them and their families in prayer. Um, they say they ask us uh, first to pray for all of those who have evil intentions in their heart, that the Lord would bring them to repentance. Uh, there's clearly not a side uh, talked about there, uh, but uh, just the general idea. There's uh, people on both sides that uh, do indeed have evil intentions, and so. Uh, they're also asking us to pray for those who are suffering right now on both sides, that God would bring them comfort. Uh, for the believing community in this land from both people groups, that the evil one would not divide them. Uh, there are certainly uh, Christian communities in, uh, and actually all three of the major areas, the West Bank, uh, Israel, and uh, even a small community of believers in uh, the Gaza Strip. And so I would, uh, yeah, definitely encourage us to be in prayer. Um, they ask us to pray for everyone who's serving, uh, including Alliance people, that God would give them the right opportunities to minister in word and deed. Um, one of the side effects of a crisis like what is happening now in Israel is that there is an opportunity for the people of Jesus to be salt and light. And so we would pray that direction. Uh, they ask us to pray for the multinational Alliance team as we navigate the different expectations of our home nations. One of the things that we then forget is that uh, the Alliance fields, once you get out of the U.S., are made up of people from all over the world. They're not just U.S. missionaries. They're uh, global missionaries. And so uh, praying that uh, they would be able to navigate those things well. And then this one I think is especially poignant. They ask us to pray for all the families, especially children, including ours, that the Lord would protect their hearts, minds, bodies, and souls. And I think that's a great way for us to pray. So I want to encourage you to be in prayer for uh, not just our missionaries there, um, but others who are uh, serving in that area. Um, today I want to step into an, an area that I, I at least find really fascinating as it relates to the gospel. Um, one of the questions that I think is uh, fair for us to ask is, how, how did we get here? You know, as we look at these three different Gospels that are, um, again, not wrong them in and of themselves, but not anywhere near complete as it relates to uh, the breadth of, of how Jesus described the Gospel. Uh, the question is, how, how did we get here? How did we get to the place where that's our version of the Gospel? And uh, w- one of the things that I've been meditating on over these last couple months is the idea that um, you, you can't get answers that the Bible uh, – uh, you can't get answers for questions that the Bible isn't asking. M- meaning this, if, um, if, if the answer to the question uh, – if, if the question we're seeking the answer for is how do I get to heaven, you're going to have a very difficult time finding that question in the Bible – 
Therefore, you're not going to find that answer in the Bible. Very specifically, that was not a question that Jesus ever set out to answer. And so because Jesus didn't answer, didn't ask the question or seek to answer the question, how do I get to heaven? It's going to be very difficult for me to be able to uh, put that information together. Not impossible. I'm not suggesting that we can't figure that out. But I, I am suggesting that if the Bible's not asking that question, uh, for us to answer that question, at the very least, we're going to be pressing into something that is at least a bit fraught. You know, we're going we're gonna to have a bit of a challenge answering that question. And, and that's, I, I think, the primary uh, issue that we're wrestling with as it comes to a variety of these Gospels. We've gotten to a place where we, we want to have an individualistic answer to the question, how do I how do I have surety that I am going to go to heaven? And the the scriptures are a communal te- text that are grounded in this historical move of God among the people of Israel. It's a an Old Testament to New Testament flow of this incredible, like kind of epic story and history that has unfolded over time. And so the questions that the scriptures are answering are different kinds of questions. Questions like, what's the good life? What does it look like to live in abundance and joy? What does it look like for me to be the kind of person who perseveres? And uh, what does it look like to live in the presence and under the lordship of God? That's certainly one of the questions that the Bible is seeking to answer. What does it look like uh, to live in his presence? What does it look like to be with him? But it, it doesn't answer the question about the way that we view eternity uh, as a a separate entity from today. Uh, Eternal life is not delineated, uh, at at least much within the scriptures, between now and then. There's an invitation into the rule and reign of God that is now, and that passes fully through to the rule and reign of God that is then. And that whole idea of asking the right questions gives us the space to uh, get to the right answers. You know, that question, what are we saved from and what are we saved to? And that whole idea of missing the mark that we talked about yesterday, uh, if the mark is oneness with Christ, then missing that mark means that we are out of rhythm with him. And that means that we're saved back into rhythm with him. That salvation is not primarily about going to heaven, but it's about living in such a way that we can engage the beauty of heaven now. Or as I said on Sunday, it's not so much about us getting into heaven, but about heaven getting into us. And that's the the heart of what we're being invited into. So if the Bible's not asking some of these questions, it's going to be difficult for us to come up with the answers to the questions. And that's one of the challenges that we run into with systematic theology. Systematic theology is asking specific questions um, that that need to be answered, questions uh, about who is God and uh, what is he like and uh, how do we relate to him. And it's not that those questions aren't answered. Some of them are answered really clearly within the scriptures. But um, to pull them out of the context of the Bible, out of the story narrative, and systematize them, we tend to to make very black and white and cut and dry, which is what the things that are much more nuanced and have uh, much more body and life to them. And so as we think about the gospel and we think about the beauty of the gospel, we really want to ask the question that the Bible's asking. 
So the question is, what is the good news? What's, what's the news that Jesus has brought to, to us that he is eager to tell us, eager to, eager to invite us into? And the answer to that question is that the, the God of the universe who has worked through Israel, that, that, that the story of Israel is culminating now in Christ, that when Jesus shows up, the, the story of Israel is culminating with him. And, and, that, and now the rule and reign of God is open to all people and that we, wherever we are and however we are, we're invited in to the rule and reign of God that, um, w- that we would be with him. And all we need to do is not keep the law or um, make the right sacrifices or any of those things, but all we need to do is to repent to uh, change the way that we look at the world and believe. And that's, that's the invitation in to redemption that leads into restoration. And uh, that kind of bridge is the way that the, the, the process, the invitation works for us to, uh, to step into the gospel. Tomorrow we'll look at what the gospel actually is and how to, how to spell that out for people. I've gotten that question several times in the last couple of days, and so we'll look at that a little bit more. But I think it's important for us to f- start with the right question. Um, the, the question that the Bible is asking is not, how do I get to heaven? The question the Bible is asking is, how do I step into eternal life? In fact, that's the question that the young man asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 19 that we looked at on Sunday. And that's the invitation that Jesus gave him, that he would, uh, that, that he would follow him, that ultimately he would do whatever it took to follow him. And so with all of that in mind, I uh, encourage you to, uh, as you read the scriptures, ask the same questions that the Bible is asking. What does it mean for me to enter into that kind of life? And then walk in it. May the grace and peace of Jesus be yours. May you sense his spirit uh, leading you, uh, flowing through you, and, uh, and changing you from the inside out. Have a great rest of the day. Um, I will be back with you one more time tomorrow. Grace and peace to you.